Hi, John. Are you able to hear me all right? I am. Okay, wonderful. We'll get started now with uh, part two of the National Association of Memoir Writers teleconference today. And I'm so excited to have uh, someone I've admired and whose books I have poured over for many years uh, with us today, John Kramer. Welcome, John. Thank you. So, John, I'm going to introduce you and then feel free to add uh, some new information about yourself that you want people to have, including your website. Um, He's the author of 1,001 Ways to Market Your Book and is the developer of the Book Marketing Magic Multimedia course. Sounds wonderful. Uh, He has worked with all kinds of writers, including memoir writers, to help them sell more books. Welcome, John, and do you have anything you want to add to your bio there? No, that's fine. Well, I should say one thing, and that is that uh, I have been indirectly responsible for selling over a billion books, Mm. and that's something that I'm going to start talking more about and sharing uh, who's sold and things like that. But the people that have followed what I've taught in my books and in my seminars and so on, or through consulting, uh, have sold over a billion books. Wow, that's that's really quite a recommendation, and and really, I, I'm so I've been so impressed through the years. I mean, we think of a thousand and one ways, and sort of get tired and go, oh gosh, can I do that? But you have uh, all the suggestions laid out so well. And then, could you say what your website is? Because it is chock full of information. Well, I have two active websites for authors. One is bookmarket.com. That's my legacy website. Mm-hmm. And that's been around for quite a while. And uh, that, oh gosh, 20 years probably, almost 20 years. Yeah, a long time, I know. And then I, my new website where I'm doing most of my blogging now and um, much of my new content creation is at bookmarketingbestsellers.com. Oh, bookmarketingbestsellers. You're still a little dim on the audio, but uh, I think that comes through. Bookmarketingbestsellers.com. Okay, great. Wonderful. Well, uh, I, I got lost in there one day. Um, I was, <laughs> there were so many really, really great ideas when I was looking for your email, so I can invite you today. So, well, let's just jump right in. Um, and We have an outline here of what we can talk about, but, I mean, it, it, uh, we can just do whatever we need to do. I'm quite intrigued to learn um, what, some of your methods are um, and how other memoirs have become bestsellers. Would you like to uh, tell us more about that? Well, the, the key, as it is with almost everything, is that you have to uh, create relationships with the right people. Mm-hmm. You have to get people to notice your book, and then you have to start creating what I call a word-of-mouth army. Wow. Memoirs sell because... Other people say, wow, what a great book. you got to read it. I was moved by their, that person's story. Um, and, and as you know, the, the quality of the writing of the memoir is almost as important as anything else, especially for those of us who are not baseball stars, actresses, politicians, celebrities, uh, mass murderers, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Most of us are not necessarily famous, but we might still be writing a memoir because we have something to say. Mm-hmm. And the key is that uh, a memoir is about as close to a nonfiction book, you know, as as close as a nonfiction book gets to becoming a novel. Right. Uh, because it really, you know, the stories you tell 
and how you tell them. So you almost have to be a fiction writer to be a, a good memoir writer because mm-hmm. that's what uh, gets people to read it and that's what gets people to pass it on. It's not just the stories but how well you tell them uh, that make the word of mouth really go strong. And Great. that's why you know you really have to look at that and say, okay, am I telling the stories well? Am I Am I getting life? Do they care about me? Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing is that once people care about you, they're going to tell other people. And I still think probably the most effective way to market a memoir is the person-to-person method, and that is that you're out there speaking wherever you can, uh, doing bookstore appearances, whatever, telling part of your memoir and getting people involved in your life. Because the moment somebody hears you speak, they automatically are going to tell more, and and if they like you, Mm. they will automatically tell more people about your book than if they had just, uh, uh, you know, happened to come by your book and read it and liked it. Uh, It makes a difference to uh, actually see you and meet you, and that's why I think it's important to get out there and do things. Mm. Uh, Go to your local Costco and ask them to uh, let you sit uh, at a table and, and you know, get involved with their customers. Go to your local Barnes & Noble, your local independent bookstore, your local library. Um, you know, t- see if you can hook up with the local JCs or Rotary Club because they always need speakers. And uh, uh, an interesting life is always something worth listening to and finding out more about. So then you're, you would... Um yeah, you know, a lot of people, I think, feel shy about that or used to think that, okay, well, we'll just get involved with bookstores and we'll do a book tour. And I think that's changing a little bit, but you're saying don't, you know, continue to do that. You need to get out there because you are the strongest uh, promoter for your book as a memoir writer. I mean, uh, if I were going to read your memoir, you know, having met you, it's going to make me want to read it faster, and I'm going to tell more people about it. Uh-huh. And I think that's always the case. It's uh, the same for fiction. It's the same for poetry. It's getting out there and meeting people, and, and that makes a difference. Uh, there was a poet that I know. Uh, his name is Blue. He goes into the uh, subway of New York City uh, with a box of books, and he doesn't leave until he's sold out. Wow. His book. So, you know, he sells 30 or 40 books a day doing that. He has the troubadour gene, I think. Yes, and to some extent, as a book author, you have to have that troubadour gene. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if you're not willing to get out there and meet people, even if it's just online, like, you know, doing a teleseminar like this or a Google Hangout or something like that, it's a perfect way if you don't want to go out live into a bookstore or into a subway or whatever. Let's talk about that for a second, if you would. Um, yes. I've actually recently learned how to get the Google Hangout thing done and all the way over to YouTube, and <laughs> a little technical, but not very, not very if I could figure it out. And um, and and so it makes it very easy now to do, it's called a, a Hangout on Air. But So let's say you're on air um, with your book and maybe someone's interviewing you or something like that. I mean, I guess you could do it by yourself, but interactive seems good as well. Uh, what would people then do in that format since they're mostly looking at a camera screen? 
how would they outline their presentation? What would what should be in it? Well, to me, the thing that sells any book is the stories in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's nonfiction, uh, memoir, or uh, fiction. So you'd read from the book? Yes. Okay. Or you can just simply tell the story uh, spontaneously if that's comfortable for you as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, either way, because people like stories, and it's the stories that people pass on. If you talk to any professional speaker, they'll tell you that the part that gets the most response when they're speaking is the stories when they tell them. It, yeah. The stories make people cry. They make people laugh. They make people get involved with you. And when people pass on a speech, they always tell the story that they like best. That's true. They do, don't they? Right, right. So you you could talk about, what I'm hearing is you could talk about how you came to write your book, what made you get started writing it, what you were curious about maybe, um, perhaps it was family history. Go ahead. Uh, you know, especially for somebody writing a memoir, you know, the why of, you know, why is your life uh, interesting? Why is it important? Why should mm-hmm. I want to read that when I can read, you know, the latest uh, Scandalmonger's book? Right. Um, and, and so, you know, if for people that love memoirs, and there are, you know, a solid core of people that that's their favorite read, mm-hmm. um, they would love to discover somebody that's unknown uh, but uh, has an interesting life or makes their life interesting, tells a good story. Because I think we all have that story. I think everybody could write a memoir if they wanted to. Oh, we love to hear that. <laughs> you know, because the, the impulse is there to share mm-hmm. you know, what we've learned uh, growing up or whatever. I mean, but it's amazing. I mean, I've seen some uh, memoirs written by 15-year-olds. I'm going, wow. Oh. <laughs> You know, I didn't have any stories to tell until I was 22 or something like that. You know? Yeah, well, some people say you need to be middle-aged before you write a memoir. I completely don't agree with that. I mean, uh, there are some 15-year-olds and 12-year-olds that have good or bad, right or wrong, you know, some amazing stories. So, And I just remember, and I can't remember who it was now, but somebody who had written this story, uh, has written that third memoir, um, I think it was some actor, and, uh, you know, he's still young. He's younger than I am, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm going three memoirs. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's what Sue and us were all talking about, too. And although we're, she's, she's closer to maybe our age, but, uh, I mean, I think uh, in the context, uh, my colleague Jerry Waxler and I um, talk about the memoir revolution. He even wrote a book called The Memoir Revolution and, and this grassroots a movement that that seems to be happening that we're all part of, you know, where people want are eager, hungry, even perhaps breaking uh, out of isolation to to reach out and read other people's stories and any. Well, I think right? that's even more true today now with all the reality shows because what are they but memoirs in action? Right or. Somewhat cobbled together there, yeah. Well, yeah. is this one of the four, I mean, part of our outline is to talk about the four best ways to market a memoir. So it sounds like the bookstore and Google Hangout, and, and tell me some more. that Any kind of speaking where you're out there speaking is, is okay. valuable. Right. Um, meeting people uh, live, either online or through, uh, uh, you know, real life, uh, subways, the street, whatever. 
that has worked for memoir writers in the past, and and it will continue to work because uh, you know people love meeting authors because they actually think it's hard to write a book. Right. Well, it is challenging enough, isn't it? Um, well, what about things like uh, there's been new uh, things happening where um, you know there's a blog tour, there's uh, just and and blogging itself. What what about that? Well, I think every author should have a blog, and I think that's even more important for uh, novelists and, and people that write memoirs because uh, you have to give people a taste of what you're writing about. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're blogging, uh, you know, at least two or three times a week, and you get the chance to, you know, you give people a chance to get to know you mm-hmm. and uh, hear some of your stories, at some point they're going to buy into your book. So you recommend, uh, for instance, uh, blogging a book as you write it? Uh, that's one. Uh, blogging parts of it, yes. Okay. You're starting to build your audience. So blog but parts of the book. The more important part of that is blogging on other websites where people go to find out more about memoirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's part of what's called a blog tour or a virtual book tour. Right. And what you're doing there is creating relationships. Uh, with different websites and bloggers that have an audience of people that love to read memoirs. And, uh, you know, so you go in and you look for uh, the best way to find them is to find out who's doing interviews with other people who have written memoirs, famous or not famous. Right. Uh, And uh, do do that for uh, memoir reviews or reviews of memoirs. And do a couple keyword searches like that, and you'll find websites that are highly rated and highly ranked mm-hmm. There's websites out there because there's certainly a good, strong core group of people that love memoirs. So, all right. So let's you, you hook up with those people. They already have the audience. Mm-hmm. When you're blogging, you're creating an audience. You're building it. But if you work with people that already have the audience, then when they interview you or they review your book or they excerpt from your book uh, and they, they enth- they're enthusiastic, uh they will send a lot of traffic to your website or to your Amazon page or wherever mm-hmm. you're selling the book, mm-hmm. and that will make a big, big difference uh, because it's the tribes that they have, the followers that they have, that will uh, be the ones most interested. Right, but, okay. But, you know, as you go to where, they, where the audience is, the audience will start to come to your website and you start to build a following. Big circle. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And, and the people that love memoirs are going to fall in love with you. Uh, if you're a memoir writer, and they're going to want to know more about you, not just about your life, but also, you know, why did you write the book? Uh, how hard was it? Uh, what did you find that worked well for you in terms of writing the book? You know, so you don't just share your life when you're mm-hmm. talking about writing memoirs. You also share, you know, the whole process of making the decision to write the memoir and then, you know, the process of actually writing it. People are interested in all of that. Uh, because obviously, if you're just an ordinary person, the first question another ordinary person is going to ask is, "Where did you get the audacity no. <laughs> to write your story? What made you think people would be interested?" Uh, because I have three stories to tell, but I don't think I can fill a book with my life. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, it is about courage, I think, and I think it's also. A lot of memoirs, at least the ones that I know, they they 
the the memoir has uh, the stories in the memoir have been pressing against their hearts right. and their minds for many years, um, and they they just need to write it or get it out. And I think another reason is that sometimes people need to write the book that they wish they could have found on the theme or problem or issue that they're writing about that they that that book does not exist. Right, and and. Certainly, you know, I, I just uh, at a conference last week, I met a woman that uh, wrote a memoir of being in jail, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that's of course more dramatic than the normal life. But right. gosh, I've met so many authors who have written about their life story because they wanted to share it with their uh, grand, you know, their grandchildren and their children. Right, uh, but. I think every memoir writer needs to go beyond their immediate family mm-hmm. or even their friends because friends and family, you know, that's 200 books sold maybe maximum. Right. Um, if you want to go beyond that and really share with the world because you have some deep insight that you want to share, then you have to go beyond your family and friends. And that means doing a blog tour of some sort, getting uh, featured on other websites so that people will find out about you. Well, I think the key, you know one of the keys to doing the blog tour is that you have to create a relationship with that blogger. You can't just go and ask and they say yes and then you get cheered because you haven't created a relationship with them. They're not going to be. They're probably not going to give you as strong a push as if they'd if they've found you know if they've gotten to know you. Right. They're going to give you a much stronger push in their in their blog or in their website. How do you get to know? How do you help? Follow that. People do that. Well, one of the key things there in terms of creating relationships with the bloggers and website owners, uh, before you approach them, the best thing to do is to retweet them, mm. uh, comment on their blog, comment on their Facebook post. Uh, if they have a Pinterest board, repin some of their pins. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're on LinkedIn, uh, share their posts or comment on them. Because the minute you do that, you're not coming in code to that person. You're coming in as an active follower of them. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes a major difference. I mean, if somebody comes to me cold and I don't know who they are and they, they want me to do something, I'm going, but who are you? you got to tell me more. You know, I, I haven't heard about you. I don't know you. But if I've, if you've been retweeting me or commenting on my post, I will know that. Yes. And and that and you know I I have a couple what I call Facebook stalkers. Uh, they seem to like everything I do. <laughs> How nice. And, and, and my wife said, "Well, no one should ever like everything you do." Uh-huh. <laughs> That's great. But, you know, the fact is that I recognize their names. If they were to come to me and ask for something, I would be much more ready to say yes and, mm-hmm. and do something for them mm-hmm. and do it more enthusiastically because they've been supporting me. Right, exactly. Yeah, it is. It, that is part of the whole social networking, um, uh, the way things are being done now, and 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 how to manage social media. Uh, well, that is one of our topics. What do you think are the most important social media networks to be on right now? Well, I think you should be on the uh, the five major ones. Uh, that are normally considered social media, that being Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, any one of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's comforting. Uh, what do you do with your five minutes? 
Well, I go in and I check to see what interaction has happened. I will interact with them. Uh, I, on Twitter, I might do a retweet of somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Facebook, I'll share somebody's post. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always get great interaction when I share something from Jack Canfield, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Chicken Soup for the Soul. And, and you have to think of Chicken Soup for the Soul as almost like a, a, a collection of mini memoirs. It is. Uh, oh. <laughs> Very much. And uh, he always has something interesting to share, and he gets a lot of shares anyway. But the fact that I share uh, helps. Uh, the, th- the key thing is to reshare somebody who's uh, a top memoir writer or a memoir blogger mm-hmm. or, or somebody that uh, does book reviews. Uh, so when I go in to retweet, I'm going to go look at my list. I have a list in Twitter of literary agents, for example, and mm-hmm. I might retweet something from them. So you create a list on create a list on Twitter. Let's talk about it for a second. It's new to some people. So you create lists, you gather names and put them in a list, and then they're right there for you, right? Right. Okay. And that makes a big difference in terms of you know the people that are going to be um, you know when when you do that, it, it makes a difference. If you add somebody to a list, that's a really neat way to start building a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in the process you're, uh, you know, starting to create. It, it's sort of like sharing them, mm-hmm. and everybody notices. You get a notice whenever you add it to somebody's list. Ah. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. So anytime you interact in any way. Okay, great. Well, yeah, these are really good so suggestions. Remember that social networks. The key word there is social, and that means you can't just broadcast. You know, famous people, they just broadcast to their people. They rarely interact. Mm. But the people that interact with their, their followers will get a much stronger uh, sharing, uh, a much stronger commenting and so on. Mm-hmm. So if you post something and somebody uh, on Facebook and somebody comments on that, then it, it matters. Uh, it, it makes a difference to the people. Um, if you you know if you share their post if, if they if they comment on your post you need to comment on their comment you need to interact because that really does make a difference in terms of what happens in the uh, whole social media world is that interaction and and one thing that you can do as a memoirist of course is to ask your family to be active in sharing your blogs your posts and so on on Facebook or wherever they are. Yeah, family, friends, other authors that you get to know. Yes. Uh, in fact, I just uh, had somebody share with me uh, a website for, in this case, it's for novel writers, but where the obligation, uh, part of the obligation there is to uh, share with each other. And mm-hmm. perhaps maybe you create something like that uh, for memoirs. Maybe somebody will come together and do one for memoir writers. It's mm-hmm. called E-Novel Authors at Work. E-NovelAuthorsAtWork.com? Yeah, com. And, and, and if you join that group, you have to pay it forward. That means that you have to pass on uh, what's working for you in terms of promotions. Uh, tweet them, uh, share their Facebook, uh, do word of mouth for them, and they do their obligations to do the same for you. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's a very good way to do things. And that's what I've been trying to do with the website that I created called the bookmarketingnetwork.com. The bookmarketingnetwork.com. And I encourage your uh, mm-hmm. uh, people listening in to join that and then to join together with other memoir writers or novel writers to find out what's working, what's not working, and things like that. Good idea. Um, it, it makes a difference. But the whole idea of paying it forward, I think the best thing that memoir writers can do online is to join together, get five or six memoir writers together, and they retweet each other, they share each other, they post to you know, LinkedIn or whatever or any network groups are on, they pin their books, et cetera, et cetera, and then they, when they find something good, they pass it on to the other members in their small group. Right. That's the way it works, isn't it? That's the networking it really part. Does. And so many authors are afraid of that. They're, they're, they think that they're competing with other memoir writers or other novelists. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is you're not competing, that they're the, your best partners. Right. Because if somebody likes reading memoirs and they've read one of the five or six in your group, they're likely to read the other five. Right, exactly. That's really good advice. Yeah, and I think that uh, people are just not sure sometimes what to do or how to get engaged, and uh, it's a whole lot has been happening, you know, in a fairly short time. So. Yes, but if they come to your website, they're going to find lots of good stuff. Right. Uh, you know, the, and if they've joined the National Association of Memoir Writers, you know, they've got a great place to start interacting. Uh, yes, and and actually we're going to be featuring members and their books and blogs. Uh, on, we're rebuilding the website right now, and so there's going to be a new place to to feature memoir writers and what they're doing. So uh, that our members, yeah, that, so that'll know, be great. As a member, you start reading those memoirs, you start contacting those other authors that you feature, and you start doing things together. It's really the most powerful way of marketing online is jo- it's creating those relationships especially with other people who are, are having the same struggles of, of discovery, uh, the same struggles with perhaps even just writing the memoir at that, at that stage. Uh, but, you know, one of the things I tell everybody who writes a book, I say the time to start marketing your book is when you have the idea for the book. And you do that through social media, through what? Uh, blogging. Mm-hmm. uh social media, any way that you can, you just start talking about it. You say, hey, I'm working on my novel. I wrote three pages today. Uh, Anything like that, just so that uh, as you start to develop some followers, they'll start to get interested. And I think one of the most powerful techniques that a memoir writer could do is, uh, besides blogging, would be to uh, start a podcast on their blog. Oh, talk to me about that. What? What? uh, Tell us more. Well, in today's world, you might not do a podcast. You might do a Google Hangout, Mm -hmm. uh, where you just read. uh, You know, you know. I'm so excited today. You know, yesterday I wrote three pages, and they're so good. I just wanted to share them with you, and you share them in an audio uh, format, or again through a Google Hangout, or. How long should this be? um, Would you say? I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. How long would the reading be on the podcast? Most podcasts, uh, audio podcasts, are only about three to five minutes long. Okay. Uh, a Google Hangout can be that you know that short too. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the attention span of the average website, you know, web viewer nowadays is very small. Right. <clears throat> so share a page, you know, just say, you know, I, I'm so excited, you know, I, I did three pages yesterday, you know, I wanted to share them with you today. Uh, I'll share one page today. I'll do another one tomorrow. Stay tuned for the next exciting episode of John's Life. <laughs> oh, that's a great you know, idea. It's exciting I... if you just have a little fun. Now, if you, as a memoir writer, are really shy and retiring, find a friend who isn't and get them to interview you and draw you out. And that's how you would do your Google Hangout or your podcast or however you share it. Get somebody that can draw you out of your cocoon. Good idea. And, and you know, and I'm like most writers. You know, I like nothing better than to hide in my my attic or garret or wherever I'm <laughs> writing, and and just write. I love that more than anything. Mm-hmm. But as I learned over time how to do what I'm doing now with you, being interviewed and sharing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's important. But I started out where every other author started out, uh, you know, with, with stomach tremors for, you know, an hour beforehand and things yeah. like that. Uh, you know, and if you're blessed with not having that, so much the better. But the key is still the same. You have to share. You have to be open to, you know, in, in a sense, uh, I forget who it was that said, you know, the, if you want to write, you know, cut a vein and bleed on the page. Yeah, there's a lot of bleeding going on. <laughs> well, it's about, and especially with memoir writing, I think any writing, but it is about being vulnerable. And we are practicing being willing to share our secrets and our parts of ourselves that certainly we don't broadcast to the whole world normally. I mean, right. uh, you have to take that risk. You have to take the risk that people will accept you mm-hmm. and uh, will listen and uh, want to listen and Mm-hmm. You know, I, I see that happening all the time, is that people are open to that. They they want, you know, to be moved. Uh, you know, I, I heard Mark Victor Hansen tell one story from the first Chicken Soup of the Soul, and I knew, I had tears streaming down my face on that little story, mm-hmm. and I knew that I wanted, you know, that I would buy the book and uh, when it came out. Wow, that's beautiful. Uh, you know... That there was one more story like that, mm. and you know, and when you're writing a memoir, it's sort of like a mini chicken soup of the soul. You probably end up telling about a hundred stories in your True. memoir, things that happen happened when you were a kid or adult or whatever. And all you have to do is share a few of those stories, and if people are moved by those stories, they're going to buy your book. I mean, I know that with poets. Uh, you go out and you do readings, and if somebody likes even one of your poems, they will buy the book just to find one more poem like that. That's true; they will. Well, you know, you're addressing you're addressing something that that the, a lot of the memoir work writers that I work with in coaching and teaching classes talk about, and they they have this inner critic voice that says, "Well, who will care about my story?" and they get sort of tangled up in the either the shame or the guilt piece of it or that inner critic, or maybe they had a family that was critical of them or, or whatever. Uh, and so they tend to, it tends to increase their sort of shyness and, you know, not thinking about reaching out as much. And, and what you're saying is 
Uh, I love this. Take a risk that people want to listen. Take a risk and, and believe that people want to be moved. So I think that's so valuable what you're doing. Well, the fact that you're shy about that in some ways is a good sign because it indicates that you're really sharing something important. Mm. And people will respond to that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's really good. I'm taking notes on what you're saying. It's really very helpful. Um, well, we have we still have another ten or more minutes before time for questions. And uh, one of the notes here on our outline is what you need on your website and what you don't. And I'm sure people want to know what your advice is on that. Well, the first thing you need is a blog, mm-hmm. some ongoing new content. Because that's the only way that the search engines will start to discover you is if you mm-hmm. continue to add new content. Right. And that's the main value of a blog is, is starting to build the audience. But the blog is really where you also are writing more personally. Uh, you're writing more from the heart. And so the people that start to follow you uh, will sign up for your blog. They know whenever you do a new blog post so that they can read it because they've fallen in love with you. Uh if you start to create a good blog, what happens is that people start saying, well, get on with it. Get that book done. I want to read it. Uh, <laughs> they do. Yes, can, they do. can you share the first five chapters? Can you post it as a Kindle ebook so I can start to read your life because it's so interesting? Mm. Uh, you know, I cried with your last blog post or I laughed uh, with you, uh, whatever it is, you know, but I was very much moved and I want to read. Share the first five chapters. Don't don't wait until you finish the book. I gotta get it now. Do people do that? It starts to happen if you've got a good blog where you mm-hmm. really start to share your heart. And it doesn't. The blog posts don't have to be complicated. You don't always have to write a long one. It could be that you just share a simple little insight that you learned uh, in writing. It could be one sentence, and then you make it a graphical quote so that uh, people can pin it and things like that. And and boom, uh, you know, uh, if you go look at book marketing bestsellers, you'll see that I often just share a simple quote, and then I make it a graphic quote. How do you do the graphic quote? I do it uh, using Microsoft Word in most cases, but I just found an interesting website that I think a lot of people could use, and i got to remember now what it is. Is it PicMonkey? No, uh, oh. this one I like better. Oh, boy, what is it now? GoFunky.com, I think. GoFunky? <laughs> no, it's not GoFunky. It must be BeFunky. Okay. Uh, let me just double check. All right. I like it. It's an easy one to use. Yeah, it's BeFunky.com. Uh, basically, you can add any photo background you want, and then you can uh, overlay a quote over it and a quote over it and then you know, uh, make it uh, stand out from it. Uh, it's really simple and easy to use. Wow. Uh, I just started using it, and it's a wonderful, uh, you know, site. So I really, it's one of the things that I'm going to share with people. And you but put it on your blog, you put it on Facebook and Pinterest, all these places? Yeah, you should share the image everywhere. Okay. You know, because if, if you maybe, you have noticed that on Facebook and, and Twitter now, you know, just started really promoting photos. Google yep. was uh, photo images. Uh, Pinterest, of course, is all images. So whenever you do a blog post, you really need to include an image with it. Yep. So that when I share that page, if I pin it or something, there's something to pin, which is an image. But even if I share it on Facebook, like when I shared the, the Facebook, uh, the, the Tower Seminar, 
Uh, up comes the image of the four presenters. Uh, in many cases, that's one of the images that I've shared on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Google+. Plus. Okay, that's great advice. Yeah. And, and without the image, the post is, is much weaker because there's nothing there. Yeah, we don't, I don't think most of us read the ones without pictures. <laughs> it shows I how... I, I still get good interaction even with the ones without pictures. Do you? But, uh, the, the research that's been done indicates that there's much more engagement and much more people actually reading the post uh, if there's a photo or image with it. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a photo. It can just be an image. Yeah. And if you go to go to bookmarketingbestsellers.com, you'll see the images that I use. Oh, great. That'll be fun. Well, we so should all go there and do that. an idea of how to do a short post and still get get engagement on it. Mm-hmm. And engagement is, is a word that we're a social networking word that describes what happens after somebody's read or seen your post. Do they engage in it? Do they like it? Do they share it? Do they comment on it? Or do they repin it? Um, and those are things that I think are real important. Uh, it's the engagement as well as just the reading of the post. Well, I'm on your website and um, bookmarketingbestsellers.com. Oh yeah, wow. Uh, you guys all have to go here. Everybody that's on the on the uh, on the call. Um, you know, your toolbar has one, two, three, four, about ten things uh, up there with all with drop-down menus, all with articles. And I do yeah. see the little squares have, is that what you mean, the, the ones with the little squares are the images that you made? Uh, n- n- well, actually, go look at my, uh, down below uh, to the right a little bit, you'll see John's book marketing tips. Those are my blog posts. Okay, John. And if you click on the first one there, Ian Banks on being a writer, uh-huh. you'll see that I created an image to go along with a quote from him. Okay. And this is actually an interesting quote for a memoir writer because he says, as a writer, you get to play, you get to alter time, you mm. get to come up with smart lines and clever comebacks you wish you'd thought of. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that's a beautiful image. So I see the quote and then... You have his photo, you have a nice background, and and you have your link in there. Is that link easily laid in then? Uh, you can do that. Uh, On the website? It, it's not a clickable link. The image is clickable because I always uh, add uh, a clickable uh, image. You know, right. link to any image I post. Okay. Uh, and then, as you can see, I, I use a special program called uh, Click to Tweet. It's a plug-in for WordPress so that I suggest to people something they can share on Twitter. Which I'm about to do. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm doing your little workshop right along with you here. Yeah, and, and that click-to-tweet, that's a plug-in for WordPress. It's a free one. You can just search for plugins and find it. It's an easy one to use. It, it's so simple to use, and it really encourages people to, to share your blog posts. So mm-hmm. uh, that's one of the... Uh, plugins that I would encourage you to have if you have a WordPress blog uh, or WordPress site. And I encourage you to all, do, uh, if you're do, creating a website, to do it with WordPress because that allows you to create uh, that, you know, use those plugins. There's another nice plugin right under that called Share This Post. It's actually part of the Jetpack plugin free from WordPress. Okay. And it allows people to share your uh, 
You have posts on Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+, stumbled upon, Reddit, Tumblr, Pocket, etc. You want to have something like that. It, it, it could be like the one that I also have. I have a separate one on the left. Uh, that's another one called Dig Dig. It's another plug-in, uh, social sharing plug-in that encourages people to social share your blog post. So I've seen the Dig, but uh, tell us more about what that does. Well, if you you know if you were on my site and you clicked on the G plus uh, you know on that Dig Dig uh, plugin on the social sharing plugin on the left, okay, uh, you could share it on Google Plus, uh, Twitter, and so on. Uh, it automatically draws the headline and uh, gives you and pulls in the link to your website and allows you to quickly do a post. Wow. Yeah, I see it here. Uh huh. Share this post. Yeah, you have the good sharing. And you have stumble upon, and you have something called pocket. Now, what are those? Stumble upon is a social sharing discovery site, mm-hmm. and uh, it's one that I joined a number of years ago, but I just started actively using about three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it's drawing a lot of traffic. I would encourage a lot of you to join. Stumble what upon. what happens there? Well, what people do if you go to stumble upon. Uh, basically, you click the top button and you stumble through websites that you might be interested in. You tell StumbleUpon what you're interested in, and then it finds sites uh, and pages. Uh, basically, it finds pages that you, they think you would be interested in. Oh. And uh, so it's, it's like a discovery site for. It, it's a great way to find websites uh, that other people. That you know that you might want to partner with at some point. Mm-hmm. But the neat thing is that you can also then uh, like your blog post each time. Every time I do a blog post, I like it. I stumble upon, mm-hmm. and uh, as you can see, that the one that I just shared last night has already had 25 stumble upon uh, mm-hmm. uh, where people have stumbled upon my page. Uh huh. And that's in just the last uh, 12 hours ago. Oh, that's really really good. And then let's see. And what's Pocket? Pocket is a is a service that where you can save pages you want to go back to. Mm. Put them in your pocket. Put mm-hmm. in your pocket, essentially. It's not as it's not as big as social net, networking site. It doesn't really drive traffic to my website mm-hmm. like StumbleUpon does. Mm-hmm. So I've been using StumbleUpon a lot now because it's driving traffic. And then what about Tumblr? Everybody seems to be using that now. What what does well, that do? The thing is with Tumblr is that you can create a free Tumblr blog um, and then just basically automatically repost every blog post you do mm. to that Tumblr. You repost it from your own blog? Yeah. Mm. And the neat thing about that is that it, it gives you one more presence on the website. And Tumblr has its own sort of social discovery tool so that it, people that are on Tumblr and like Tumblr can can discover other Tumblrs. <laughs> and a Tumblr is somebody who has a Tumble blog. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But it, it's, a nice, it's a nice tool of itself. And it also gives you another link back to your website from a site that all the search engines uh, respect. So it links back to, okay, that's good to know. And then did you already talk about this Reddit? I didn't see the one named Dig, but I see. Social book marketing marketing sites. Okay. They allow you to to save 
just sort of like Pocket does, allow you to save pages that you might want to go back to. Okay. Uh, Reddit can be very viral, but it's 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 much more of an internet marketing site. They love internet marketing stuff. Okay. Um, That's I why you're there, right? <laughs> the, the the best of the social discovery sites for driving traffic. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, you know what? Questions at this point, and so I want to uh, open us back up to to that possibility. Um, and so what I'm going to have you all do is hit star six. Whoever wants to ask a question, I can see the lineup wants to do that. And he's already I, there. Hello? I have a question. Hello? Okay, go ahead. Who is this? This is Pam in Colorado. Hi, go ahead. Um, I missed what the last thing that John said. Uh, blank is the is the one to drive traffic, is the best one to drive track it. Which one was that? Stumble upon. Thank you. Yeah, stumble upon. Yeah. It, it's great for uh, non-Internet, uh, whereas Reddit and Dig seem to be so focused on Internet discovery. But stumble upon takes over. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is Hello. Jennifer in Chicago. Hello. Okay, we have Jennifer and somebody else. What's your name? And Diana from London, England. Okay, let's take the London person, and then Jennifer, you're next. Okay. Thank you. Hello, John. Thank you very much for... Uh... Go ahead. Hello? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Can you hear me? I, I can hear you. Yes. Um, first of all, it was sometimes very difficult to hear you, so I hope we'll be able to rectify that in the earlier recording. Um, it was uh, fine as far as the other voice was concerned, but yours was sometimes very, very faint. Um, John, I would like you to please um, clarify. You've talked about traffic, generating traffic to your blog. I have two questions, please. I have a blog on WordPress. Uh, My question is whether it is more advisable to have a blog on a neutral platform of WordPress or whether it is better to have it, as you have done in your format, um, of including it on your website itself. I think it's important to have it on your website. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason for that is that the blog is one of your most important uh, tools for uh, drawing people in and getting more traffic. And the more traffic you have to your website, the more that the search engines start to search, share your website for key terms and words. If you have it on a neutral platform like Blogspot or WordPress or even on Tumblr, uh, and that's the only place you have it, then uh, people can't discover you mm-hmm. uh, as easily. Your website becomes has less traffic, and that means the search engines give less credence to your website. Mm-hmm. On different themes, is it okay to still compile it? Is it possible, therefore, to write different blogs onto the same website, therefore section it differently? Uh, you could, or you could, in, in that case... Uh, you should definitely have your main blog about the topic that's on your website, that the, you know your memoir, focus, whatever blog. That should be mm-hmm. on your website. If you have another, if you're blogging about another topic, you could put that on Blogspot or WordPress. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Thank we you. have uh, room for another question. Okay, this is Jennifer from Chicago. Great, go ahead. 
Uh, I have a question back to when you were uh, saying it's a good idea to post some of your chapters on your blog. Uh, I've been warned by agents that what is considered previously published is putting it out there on your blog for general consumption, and some publishers would shy away from buying your book because you've already published it. No, that, that's false. Uh, yeah. I don't know what agents you talk to, but that, that is just stupid advice, very bad advice, mm-hmm. because the publishers want to know that you have an audience. They want to know that people are reading and are interested in what you have to write about. So you actually get more credence, you get more validity in the eyes of uh, publishers if you've been sharing your chapters and people have been reading it. Now, if people have just ignored you altogether, then it may be a bad idea. Mm-hmm. You know, if nobody's following you, nobody's reading your blog, your blog is in the hinterlands of, you know, Area 51 in Nevada, <laughs> uh, then uh, it's probably better not to. But the fact of the matter is, I think it's, Quite honestly, I think I encourage people to always share uh, ahead of time because you need to build that audience. And uh, don't worry about that. But publishers are looking for what's called a platform. They won't publish an author who does not have a platform. Well, I understand that, but I've just been told they want you to have a blog, they want you to have all the social media, but they don't want – it's kind of like you're not, you're not selling it on Kindle, but you're actually giving the product away before they try to sell it. Mm. Yeah, but the, the fact of the matter is you're not going to give away all the chapters, and you should never, in fact, you probably should not, uh, you know, the chapter will be broken into pieces uh, as a blog post. It's not going to compete with the book at all. Uh, I, I've seen authors who have blogged their entire book and then sold the rights to a publisher because most people don't want to read an entire book on a blog. Mm-hmm. Right. So, good question, Jennifer. Thank you. Okay, thanks. And there are different people who say different things about it, but I think it used to be more uh, of don't blog the book, and it's changing. Um, So, um, you know, just keep that in mind and maybe put part of it on and and, uh, entice the readers with your material. Let's see if some other people have uh, a question. The neat thing is that somebody just commented on my uh, blog uh, from uh, this tele-summit. Okay. Ooh. There you go. (laughs) We're connected. (laughs) Great. Some more questions uh, for John. Can you put a a blog on a Facebook page? Uh, You can post, you can uh, share your blog post on the Facebook page. Yes, and and actually Facebook does, a, or at least it used to, and I think it, there's still tools that you can use to put your blog post up on your Facebook page. It's called networked blogs. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, I really encourage you to uh, link. share your blog post on Facebook, uh, you know, uh, and a link back to your blog because you want that traffic coming to your blog. Right, and you never want to be have all your eggs in one basket like you know Facebook keeps changing its terms and and uh so you don't want to have that be your only place where people interact with you you want them coming to a place that you own and that you control which is your website mm-hmm. no, I don't have a website yet that's why I asked well you will soon <laughs> well you can use your create a blog and sometimes blogs and uh, on WordPress function as the website so that's where you want to send them to. 
Well, and there there are some uh, novelists that I know that only blog on Blogspot, and that's their website. And uh, at least one of them I know sold a million copies of her novels based on a Blogspot blog. So it's not bad. It, she's using that as her website, or at least she did. I think she switched uh, since then. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, and you can put a Blogspot blog on your website as a subset uh, uh, but that's a more technical than I can get into in a teleseminar. Right, right. Well, we have a couple more minutes left for a couple more questions or comments. Uh, somebody else want to come on the line? Or... Hello? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, hi. My name is Wafa Lababne. I am from Indiana. Great. Go ahead. Hi, Linda. Hi, John. Hi. Linda, if it's okay with you, I'd like to share a small tip, but I think it's it's important uh, regarding uh, regarding marketing. Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, I, I, w- I would like to remind people, I think, you know, a lot of us know this, but just not to forget about uh, a couple of free things regarding the title of the book and the book cover. Uh, they're very, very uh, important uh, factors, obviously, in uh, attracting attention and selling the books, actually, in sales. Mm-hmm. The two free uh, tools, the first one, I'm not going to go in detail on this. It might be a little bit tough for some people. Uh, it's a keyword, uh, the Google AdWords Keyword Planner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just need to set up detail on that, but you can. Uh, what it gives you, basically, for free, you can put the title of the book or the words that you're going to use in the title and the subtitle, and it will tell you how many people, how, with the volume of searches in Google throughout mm-hmm. the world or to even a, a, a specific country. But the most important one that's much easier for people to find out about, which is a much, a, it can be equally as important as Google AdWords, if not a little bit more, mm-hmm. which is Amazon. It's a tool that nobody actually... All how do you spell that? And at Amazon.com. Oh, Amazon. I thought you said something else. Oh, yeah. sure, of course. No, yeah. it's Amazon.com. So what? 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 Why do you want to go to Amazon.com? Because <laughs> over there, the words that show up there, people actually bought it, paid money for it. Mm, sure. So in, in terms of Google AdWords, people may search for a word, and they, there's a large volume for it, but but they didn't purchase anything necessarily. So what happens is that, for example, you go to Amazon.com, you select the book. And put it, put in your book title, or at least words in the book title or the sure. book title. Mm-hmm. When you hit search, uh, I don't pay attention. To say, I look at the books, but that's not the most important thing. In the left bar, there's all categories and books. Spiritual growth. How many? Right. Uh, uh, how many? How many you found? For example, I have here a, a, a chapter in the book that is that's called Love Wins. So when I hit search on the left bar in the spiritual growth, I have two 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 hundred fifty one. Searches in theology, in Christian, in uh, spirituality and religion. Uh, for mm-hmm. example, spirituality and religion, there's 5,425. I compared okay. this with a different uh, title that I'm, I'm thinking I debated between title for the book. Uh, and when I made the search, even I even made a comparison with Google AdWords, I was able to know from Amazon there are thousands of people attracted to a couple of words for my current book title, right, great. Love is Strong. Well, thank you for sharing all this. It's really good stuff. Uh, uh, John, do you talk about this in some of your articles and your blog? I, I do. Uh, one of the things that I think is important, uh, one social network that most people don't think of as a social network is Amazon. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to have 
control over your author page on Amazon. Uh, mm-hmm. You can do that by going through Author Connect uh, and and becoming, you know, a, an author, and that really, uh, you know, uh, claiming your author page because people can interact with you there, and I think that's important. Yeah, that's good. And doing and your research. One thing that I wanted to mention on your uh, uh, that's important on your author website is having a page for you as a speaker, if you want to do speaking, mm-hmm. and then uh, a media page so that people, the media that want to get in touch with you have a place to go to. Mm. Good advice. So this goes on your website or your blog. Yeah, uh, and it can be under the About You uh, uh, tab or it can be a separate tab. But you should have a media page which has your bio and your uh you know, a short bio for the media, a, a, a picture that they can use, high resolution, mm-hmm. uh, and any news releases that you've written about the book. And then if you're doing a speaker's page, uh, and then again, the media page should also feature any media that you've been in. In other words, if some magazine has featured you or a radio show has interviewed you, uh, you know, put that on your media page. Because media are, in other words, they... <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. That's, okay, uh, media follow other media. Uh, no, no, no media likes to be the first one to interview you or something like that. They like to know that other media say that you're somebody important and that you're worth interviewing. Uh, radio stations love it if you've been on radio before because then they know that you know how to do radio and you'll be a good guest. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the speaker one before we run out of time. We have about 30 seconds left. <laughs> so on the speaker, what should people put on there? Basically anywhere that you've spoken in the past, uh, what topics you can talk about. Again, a little bit of your bio. And make the topics interesting. You know, Give them exciting titles mm-hmm. uh, so that people say, whoa, I want to listen to that talk. Mm-hmm. Great, great ideas. Well, uh, I took... Five pages of notes, John. I just want you to know it's really, really very, very helpful. And uh, and I think it's helpful for us to try to think about all the ways that we can reach out, even if we are do see ourselves as kind of shy writers um, or writers that need to spend a lot of time alone. We know that the social media world has changed everything, and there's so many ways to reach people online. And so I want everybody to be sure and um, uh, so your web your your new website with all these tips is bookmarketingbestsellers.com, right? Yes, and I've already had three comments from the people on Tellus <laughs> Summit and did not have links to their website, uh, but uh, the one did. So she now has a legitimate link to her website from my website. I see. I don't see comments except a place to comment. I don't see them listed, but maybe I'm looking in the wrong place. I'll I'll look around. This is great. Well, thank you so much. This has been so informative, and uh, I know that everybody, um, when they get the audio, you may want to take notes all over again and add to the notes you already have because we really covered a lot. And uh, thank you again, John, for being uh, with us all today and teaching us what you know. There's so much to learn. Yes. It was fun. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, thank you so much again. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. I'll be back in 15 minutes with the topic of flash memoirs. So please uh, stay on the line and join us.